Hello and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. Jeez. Want to try something new today? You have arrived at episode 27 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. If you're a regular listener to our show, we thank you for the continued support. Uh, if you're new to this show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Katia Duke, roasted by Cut Coffee. Now, this is actually one of the variations, one of four variations of Katia Duke uh, that were sent in to us. Um, so not only do we have to guess flavor notes, now there's four variations out there. Collector's edition. And uh, <laughs> and we're, I don't know, we'll, we'll see how we do, I guess. But uh, you know what? The good thing is, because there's four different variations, if we get it wrong, we just try to match it up with one of the other three. And you know what? Maybe we'll get away with it. I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't know. We'll see. Wow, okay. okay, the <laughs> comics we'll be discussing today are Batman 54, Justice League 7, Captain America number three and Fantastic Four number two. It is a big week because we've been away for a couple of weeks now. Biggest of weeks. Um, so it's going to be quite a lot of things to talk about. So we're going to try to keep this brief. And uh, if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review and a rating. And uh, make sure to spread the word and spread the love about this podcast. So before we dive into our comics and our coffee, it's been three weeks since we last talked on the podcast, so let's catch up a little bit. Uh, how have you been, Victor? Wow, you need to make me remember three weeks worth of stuff? Yeah, you should have compiled them. Unbelievable. You should have compiled what them. I, I compiled them. What am I going to make, like a best of compilation? <laughs> <laughs> Past three weeks, wow. Uh, I mean, it's actually been really busy at work for me, so I really haven't had much time to do stuff the past three weeks. Okay. Other than Dokken Battle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that obviously takes up a lot of my free time, but... Uh, we're both really deep into that's, that now. We're, we're, we're whales now. I think yeah. it's not ultra well, no, not instinct really. whale, yeah, but, like, but, like, but like whales. Like SSJ1, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we're just powering up. I would say that's that's accurate. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty close to SSJ2 though, so, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I really, I know you got 2K19. I've been itching to play that game for myself. Yeah, NBA 2K19, right? Yeah. I've been I've been itching to play that game for myself. It's fun. It's very it's, fun. I, I can see. Yeah. I can see. Uh, the story mode looks fantastic. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Within the coming days, I'll probably get it. Oh, yeah? But that's, uh, but that's honestly that's really been it for me, man. What about you? What have you been up to these past uh, three years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, huh? Um, well, the first thing uh, when we first took the initial break a couple weeks ago, we, my wife and I, went to the Fan Expo. Yes. So that was pretty fun. Got to see a lot of really cool stuff. Got to meet a lot of cool writers and artists. Got to meet Tom King. Uh, she had a chat with him. And then we went back Sunday to try to... We, so we got a bunch of signatures on Thursday with him. Yeah. And then on Sunday, we went back. And he couldn't do any signings. So he canceled all his signings that day because he signed so much over the weekend. 
he hurt his wrist. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but then I got a good, just good little conversation with him, and it was great. Yeah, and we got to meet, we got to meet Cal Higgins, the writer for uh, Nightwing before mm-hmm. uh, from the New Fifty Two, and also the writer of Power Rangers. Yeah, the the new Power Rangers that's going on right now. Yeah, got to meet him. Got to meet Josh Williamson, the writer for Flash. Uh, got to meet, well, got to meet Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Nice. So Greg got Capullo's to meet Jock. Cool guy. Yeah, great dudes, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, which is great. And then they had the DC panel, and that was really fun. Uh, talk about like the upcoming projects and stuff like that. And knowing, you know, because of Scott Snyder, there's just spoilers all around. Yeah. So that was really fun. And then since then, yeah, it's just been a lot of like Dokkan battle, catching up on books, because now we have like three weeks worth of books to, sif- to like siffle through. And then. Almost three. Like, almost, uh, there were, there were yeah. some dead weeks. Within, well, I think that within, first week yeah. was an annuals week, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But then there was also, yeah, there's also 2K19 that came out and just been playing that a lot. It's a lot of fun. After Fan Expo, it seems to like really just like real life just kicks back life. in after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Because I took like, I took a couple extra days off from work, right? To go yeah. for that. Yeah. So yeah, life really kicked back in after that. So yeah. Well, that's good though, man. That's, yeah. We got we to gotta live in the real world, Jerry. Yeah. Don't got to be disappointed by that. Like life's good. <laughs> You're the one that said, well, I gotta live in the real world. Yeah, but I'm so. not saying that as a negative thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it just right. matter yeah. of factly. You just gotta live in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so uh, we got lots to talk about today. It's, it's a big week, lots of good books. And so we're gonna get right into it. So why don't we go ahead? Let's go brew that coffee, and then we'll come back and talk about some comments. Let's hop right in. And we're at the comic segment. And in this segment, what we do is we take some of our favorite comic books and we break them down, we analyze them, we discuss them, and then we share our thoughts with you, our listeners. And before we get started on our comics, though, we're going to talk about the coffee that we'll be having this week. Uh, Victor, why don't you take it away? The coffee we'll be having this week is named Katia Duke. It is from Honduras in a region named Copen Ruinas. Hopefully I didn't Copen. ruin it. <laughs> uh, I probably did. I'm done. <laughs> I'm and, done. And it's been roasted by our good friends at Cut Coffee here in Toronto, Ontario. Nice. Nice. Real We've had nice. some good stuff from Cut Coffee, eh? We always have good stuff from Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Cut Propeller, exciting. I think, are two most like consistently good roasters. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I can't recall where Propeller's from. Is that also Toronto? I'm pretty sure they're from Toronto. It's Toronto or Vancouver. We have a lot from Vancouver, right? so it could be, it could yeah. be anywhere. But yeah, not too sure. But okay, so our first book that we'll be discussing today is Batman number 54. It's written by Tom King with art by Matt Wagner, colors by Tomomori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So this book, um, it's basically a, a closer look at Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson at it's sort of as a duo, right? Looking at the father and son relationship between them yeah. and not so much looking at the Batman and Robin side of them, right? So before we go on any further, just to let you know, quick spoiler warning due to the nature of the show, we will be talking some spoilers in order to cover some plots, you know, plot points that are happening in the book. So do be warned, there will be spoilers. We'll try to keep it to a minimum, but you know, sometimes we're going to have to get more spoilery. If you haven't read the books already, hit pause on the podcast, Go to your local comic shop, buy the book, read the book, come back, 
then hit start again. Or get in on Comixology, one of the two. Or get on Comixology, yeah. But, you know, I always try to say, support your local comic shop support when it. you can. Um, and I, I think there's actually a program on Comixology where you can still make the purchase, but you can, like, link it to, like, a local shop. I don't know if all the shops are doing it. Who knows? So, anyways, buy comics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, what did you think about this book? Um, I thought it was a little out of left field as an issue okay considering what had happened in the previous three right uh, but i understand why they 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 came out with an issue like this right um of course previously in batman uh it's pretty much been made known at this point that we're rebuilding batman as a character from the ground up right, right? um and it's important in those moments to reestablish uh, major relationships the character has mm-hmm. right so I understand why they did this um, and it's good that they they chose uh, Dick Grayson to do this with right because they could they could have chose anybody mm-hmm. right they could have chose Alfred which would have been a good issue as well uh, they could have chose Damien uh, but I think Dick <laughs> Dick <laughs> as uh as a staple character within Batman uh, was a good choice. Yeah, and I think it's important now for them to reestablish this. Um, I actually think the timing, I mean, timing-wise, you just come off of the wedding issue, you just come off of the Cold Days arc. Yeah. And it's, they're sort of like taking a little bit of a break from that intensity and sort of getting to like the more intimate moments of what, you know what Bruce is going through at the time, yeah. right? So with with Dick Grayson, I think it's it's one of the most compelling father son relationships in comics because they went through so much together, mm-hmm. and their and their start are so similar. Correct, right? Um, so in this story, for me, it it doesn't really harp on Batman and Robin. Because it's not really about Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. It's very much a story about Bruce and his relationship to pretty much his son, Dick Grayson. Right. Right? Um, and they mirror that in when Dick first moved into the manor. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of showing some of that similarities in the way that both of these characters are, are dealing with loss right now. Yeah, right? yeah. With with Dick Grayson, the big thing was when he first came in, he was aggressive. He didn't want to listen to anything. He he wasn't willing to open up. Yeah. Right. But the idea here is that Batman, throughout the whole ordeal, understands the situation and is basically patient enough to wait for him to open up and to, right. to basically come come to it on his own. Right. Right. And it's reflected here as well, where Dick Grayson understands that he just needs to be around. Mm-hmm. Right, he's going to take up the tasks that Batman has assigned him. Uh, he's going to take up the mantle when he needs to, but it, even if he's not taking up the mantle, he's not there for Batman. He's there for Bruce. Yeah, right. So he's there, and he basically tells Bruce at, at one point in the story too. He's just like, "I'm just going to be here." Yeah, you know, because you need me. Yeah, and then Bruce says, "I don't need you," and then Dick is just like, "No, you you need me." Yeah. <clears throat> well, especially that scene at the end in the cave, right? Where he's yeah. just like, I know you're fine. Yeah. I'm here for the times when you're not. Yeah. 
right? So, and he understands that Bruce is just going through all that, and it's, and he's having trouble expressing it as well. Yeah, right. And I think this is, this is uh, Dick's time to really do what do for Batman what what uh, what Batman did for him. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that uh, moments like this, sure, they're not super action packed. Actually, a lot of the action here was pretty funny, but uh, <laughs> was it colored quilt? Was it? Uh, quilt master? Quilt master and uh, condiment king or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. Uh, but you see in those moments that even though they're villains, you know, you know Dick really tries to... Well, I don't think his quilt mask is crazy quilt, oh, which crazy. is even crazier. Yeah, <laughs> but you see Dick like really try and and cheer uh, cheer Batman up in those situations as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it was really it was really nice to see. Like I said, even though it wasn't super action packed, like these moments in comics are are important, right? Because it it really drives the character forward. And I think that's part of the reason why they, they did this at this very moment too. Yeah. Right. Because then now the question was, where does Batman go from here? Yeah. Right. So now we're now we're doing the setup of, of where Batman's gonna go moving forward, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's good because it not only does it push Batman along, I think it also pushed Dick Grayson along, right? Yeah. Because it goes to show in this particular issue how far Dick Grayson has also come right. because of Bruce Wayne. Right. Right? Um, no- normally, when you go through a tragedy like that, it it's really hard to bounce back or it's always going to leave something with you. And not to say that it didn't leave like something tragic with Dick Grayson, but I feel like Dick Grayson became who he is because Bruce Wayne has such has taken such good care well, that's exactly of trying it, right? to guide him. Right. Right. Because then, yeah, like where would where would Dick be without without uh uh, Batman taking him under his wing when he did. Yeah. Right? Um, Bruce Wayne understood his pain, yeah. which is why I think he, he did what he did, right? Yeah. But uh, now it's a... Now we saw... Well, we saw where Batman uh, was able to take Dick. Now... Wow, that sounded so, so wrong. The the way throughout, throughout the episode, I've been trying to say Dick Grayson. I just say the yeah. whole word. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm I gonna know, do it, that too. It's it's always going to be something taboo for like the rest of our lives. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, okay. So <laughs> let me just rephrase that that statement. I was gonna say, we saw where where Batman was able to take Dick Grayson. Now it's a matter of how is Dick Grayson going to be able to help Batman, and where is he going to help take Batman moving forward? Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like a like a mirror storyline, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed from the issue, and I actually did some digging, um, and it's really interesting because a lot of times in real life, when something like this happens to somebody, it could be a relationship, yeah. or it could be something else completely different, yeah. like some sort of tragedy or whatever. Yeah. But anytime something like this happens, when you console somebody, well, let's take the relationship thing for an example, right? Right. You know, someone gets dumped and stuff like that. And the first thing you say to your buddy is always like, hey, you'll find someone better. Hey, it's okay. Yeah. You know, oh, you're, you're way better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, she wasn't good enough for you. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, stuff like that, right? In this issue, they didn't go that route at all. Yeah. And I found it interesting because 
never once did they really attempt to go that way. They just said, I understand it. You know, I kind of understand what you're going through. Let's just talk. Right? Let's just talk. Let yeah. you, you talk it out. I'll just be here for you well, type of thing. To right? be fair, like that direction wouldn't have worked for Batman anyway. Exactly. Because it's not like Batman is like out there slaying chicks all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But I think it's interesting that it, there was no like there was no mention at all. Yeah. So I I did a little bit of research on it because I wanted to to kind of find out like what is people's natural reaction to doing something like this or yeah. when someone goes through something like this. So it's actually one of those things that it's a common thing that people do, but it's actually one of the more harmful things you can say to somebody. Of course, yeah. Because you know, sometimes you you're gonna be you're gonna be wanting to offer like words of encouragement or stuff like that to somebody, but so this is according to um, an assistant professor of psychology at Renison University College. Mm-hmm. Her name is Denise Marigold, PhD, and she says that. Reframing setbacks as a great opportunity may make people feel invalidated. And I found that to be really interesting because you're basically, when you're giving someone this opportunity, and I've never sort of like, I never imagined it felt that way. Right. Because, you know, when you're on this side of it and you're trying to console somebody, you don't necessarily imagine their shoes, right? Mm -hmm. So when you say something like that, when you say something like, hey, it's okay, you're going to find someone better or something like that. You're basically invalidating their feeling of being hurt. Right. You're basically saying to them, it's like, hey, you shouldn't feel hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? And that oftentimes has really sort of just like really crazy setbacks that can send somebody downward spiral. Right. right? And I found that to be interesting because that's a really easy line to write into a comic. Right. Right? Like you can easily write, pen in just be like, Bruce, it's okay. Plenty of fish in the sea. But that one simple line could have had a very drastic difference on somebody's yeah. life. Well, not only not only does it invalidate feelings, it's, it, it also, it's also not a constructive way to console somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in, in a relationship, when when things break down, it's always... It's always got to have something to do with both people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not like one person is completely at fault or the other person is completely at fault, right? So in in this particular instance, Batman needs to... What's the right way to say this? There's ways that Batman can improve as as, as an individual in order to not only keep his own emotions in check about this but to, if he ever wants to have a relationship moving forward this is a good learning opportunity for that right right because again it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that he did anything wrong it was just it was just the way that things were mm-hmm. right so if he wants to have a successful relationship moving forward we, we got to find a better way to balance Batman and Bruce Wayne right for sure right and and i think uh with uh, Dick Grayson approaching it the way that he did, there's a lot of room for for that to happen, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, like you said, just going, oh, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Like, you can't, can't <laughs> exactly, just say that, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's oftentimes like our first reaction, to yeah. It. Like, yeah. The way you want to make someone feel better about yeah. themselves. Correct, correct. Normally actually sends them 
on the opposite course, right? Yeah. So I found that to be really interesting mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it because of the way Tom King writes, I think he's he's very specific about his words. He's very specific about what he wants to put on paper mm-hmm. and what what he wants the characters to say or right. acknowledge, right? So because each panel has to mean something, yeah, right. Absolutely. Like you can't have a dead panel where, and it it happens a lot in comics. Like mm-hmm. it really does, right? Like it it happened in. In, in a comic book we were going to cover today <laughs> but decide not to right so <laughs> yeah it happens right but good writing will make use of every every bit of dialogue right so. right yeah for sure for sure okay so i think that pretty much covers batman yes right because this issue is is sort of like that intimate look at mm-hmm. their relationship right? right but i think it's a relationship that we're all very familiar with yeah and something that we're we've very, all gone through it exactly it, to some degree exactly yeah. so uh, i think it's really well done really well done issue uh do you have any clothing thoughts on the on the book i'm curious as to see if they're going to continue this trend for the next couple issues okay just like discovering rediscovering relationships that batman has with other with other people like i said maybe they'll do an issue with alfred maybe they'll do an issue with damien right and right. see how those dynamics work individually and i'm also curious to see what's going to happen when batman sees catwoman again right because it's inevitably going to happen again yeah yeah for sure right for sure uh so so we spoke to tom king and then i talked to him about the wedding issue and i was like yeah you know what i really enjoy the wedding issue yeah it was so perfectly written it was exactly how i thought it was going to go down yeah and he's like oh great thanks man and then we're talking about it and he's like yeah you know the cold days and stuff like that was really cool and then he's like there's gonna be a sort of like a down issue where like you just you know quiet things down and then things get crazy yeah and I was like oh okay so, so now that, we had that down issue yeah that may be where like it a goes. trigger where yeah. it starts things just start going haywire right, right. So, because he did say um, in the middle of this issue that he was gonna go investigate the the the, the Mr. Freeze uh, exactly. case a bit more yeah. which we know ha- had bigger ramifications than initially thought exactly because now we yeah. know that there's somebody else behind the scenes yeah right but so, again another discussion for another time exactly yeah so I think that that'd be really exciting to look forward to yeah. and because we're covering this this week mm-hmm. uh, Batman 55 I think is coming out next week Excellent. so next episode we'll be covering Batman 55 yeah. so we don't have to wait that long we'll see how crazy it gets exactly yeah <laughs> yeah. we'll see exactly how crazy it gets okay so that pretty much concludes Batman number 54 so we're gonna go on to our second book which is Justice League number 7 it's written by Scott Snyder with art by Jim Chung on pencil uh, making his return to the Justice League series uh, Mark Morales and Walden Wong on inks Tomomori for colors and Tom the Polo Tunnel on letters our boy tom tom is back <laughs> no he's always been there we just took yeah we just, we just yeah. took some weeks off yeah so yeah <laughs> so the conclusion to the totality arc what did you think of this book did it pan out sort of the way you thought it would? Uh, it definitely did not pan out though i thought it was going to conclude in another issue or two. Oh, okay that's that was okay. my mentality because that seemed to be the way it was going right right uh, because with the last issue they did the they did the White Lantern reveal with Planet Earth, right? So right. I was gonna go, okay, well maybe Planet Earth will duke it out with Umbrax or something. Planet Earth will duke it, <laughs> and then uh, and then it would conclude in the issue afterwards, right? Right. Uh, but they but they definitely 
hurried things along really they quickly did. in this issue. Yes. Um, but the, I think it's because they really wanted to get to the conclusion of, of this particular issue, mm-hmm. which was the reveal of spoiler warning. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Heavy, heavy spoiler heavy warning. Heavy spoiler warning. You must go read this book now. Like, if you have not read this book, do not... Like, put this on pause. You have to go buy... Because th- I know exactly where you're going with it. Yeah. You have to go buy this book, and you have to read it, and then come back and listen to it, because yeah. this reveal is insane. So this is your final warning. Final warning. In three, two, one. Lex Luthor looking for, uh, working with uh, the Batman Who Laughs, which I, I was like, how is this guy still around? <laughs> like, uh, I thought he died. But, yeah. uh, no, but, you, but then I remember he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He just... Uh, because he was in the end he was fighting with the Joker yep right and uh, and then I think when in Batman just sort of left them left those two to left duke, them to, to duke, duke it, it out. out yeah but, but then but then they never concluded that fight mm-hmm. right because then Joker came back again in the Legion of Doom yeah I'm just like well what the heck happened right <laughs> uh, so then it turns out of course they they captured him and they shackled him up right yeah. so so remember when we said when we first started covering uh, Dark Knight's Metal that it would be amazing if those characters made a return. Yeah. Because there's just so much, there's just so much history now within those characters and so much flavor behind them, right? Uh, and he did. He brought up. He brought back the Batman Who Laughs, uh, which is now going to throw a, another wrench into the story. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course the reveal of uh, Starman. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting and him saying three of you gotta die I'm like <laughs> that's Whoa. very specific very specific Starman. okay very specific but uh, no it definitely did the issue didn't pan out the, the way that I thought it would for sure <laughs> I looked at that panel actually when he yeah. said three of you must die and yeah. I looked at the panel I'm like well which it three it looks <laughs> like there's some expendable characters on like, yeah but like the monkey right but Man-bat. I don't think that's that was the direction exactly, that they're yeah. going. It, just, th- it was just funny because that was the moment those guys came in. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I'm pretty sure like he's implying somebody from the, do you the, think the one first of the, seven. Yeah. Do you think one of the Trinity will die? <sighs> hmm. It, it would. Huh. I want to say, I want to say no. Okay. But at the same time that would really make the story interesting. Yeah. Because you know they're just going to bring it back anyway, so what's the big deal, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but because that's exactly what happened in, in Metal, right? When Batman and Superman um, were sinking into the, that, the pit, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, those guys are dead. <laughs> and they brought them back with... Uh, with, uh, with Tenth Metal. With Tenth Metal, yeah. Yeah. So, that may be the direction it may go. Yeah. Uh, but certainly closer to the end of this upcoming arc. Right? Yeah. And I think it could be, maybe not the Trinity, but I think it could be the people who... Because it's interesting because we saw the transformation of three characters yeah. um, throughout the story. Arc. Yeah. So we saw Flash, yeah. John Stewart, and Martian Manhunter. Even, uh, even Hawkgirl. No, Hawkgirl too, but it was those three yeah. that 
had to come to acceptance of certain things right. in their life right. for the plan to work. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Starman comes barging into the Hall of Justice and says, all right, now three of you got to die. Right. So to me, it just it lined up. And I thought quickly to myself, like, is it because they have a very specific tie yeah. to triggering the totality? Right. So, And there's a lot of questions that this issue raises. Yeah. Right? A lot of the questions that the character raises, the characters raise that we now are wondering ourselves. Mm-hmm. Race, for example, Jon Stewart, where the heck did his ring come from? Yeah. Where'd it come from? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure his last one broke. Yeah. Right? That, uh, but that also means because his last one broke and now it just reappeared. Maybe one of the Green Lanterns on Earth died. Maybe a different Green Lantern. On no, Earth. or just any Green Lantern. Because then, but then I'm pretty sure because they look for new right new hosts. Right, right, but I'm pretty sure we would have seen the ring flying in. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Because then, because it, it just appeared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, the Still Force, right? What What is the complete? ramifications of being able to use the still force mm-hmm. right because now now the flash is able to access speed at any level yeah right uh including being really slow which well the for him the still force like controlling the still force is sort of saying he's he can control progress yeah right he's not just controlling the speed force now he can control progress of the universe right so he has access to stopping progress yeah. as well. Yeah. So that could have something to do with how the totality functions because right. we sort of see the totality traveling through time. Mm-hmm. And this could be something that they could use to their advantage. But, right. You know. And we still don't know what the what the totality does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We still don't know. So there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Yeah. For sure. And and the biggest question of all is the Batman who laughs. Right. Because what role could he possibly play? Yeah. Right? And it's it's insane to think that this guy has now basically made his way into the main universe. Right? Which is nuts. Because yeah. now you have somebody who's as eccentric as the Joker, but as smart as Batman. Exactly. So, and yeah, now he's canon within the universe. So now it's just <laughs> like, what do you do? Right? Exactly, yeah. Like some something pretty crazy is gonna go down I have yeah. a feeling I'm also like does this also mean that the Joker has accepted the Batman Who Laughs existence well he must have because he fought yeah. him right but now they're but this would also mean that he's now willing to work with him right because now it's well the, he's been working he's been willing to work with Lex Luthor yeah because they have a grander scheme in mind yeah right which means, so yeah which means now the joker's willing to work with the batman who yeah laughs. so now this joker this has crazy. always to me joker as a character has always wanted to work with batman mm-hmm. because batman represented something right that you know that it's like the complete opposite of the joker and joker's mm-hmm. fascinated by the idea right right <clears throat> now he gets to work with somebody who's just as crazy as him but holds those same ideals right. almost right so well I, I guess I wouldn't say those same ideals because Batman Who Laughs is very clearly bent on killing people right so yeah. indiscriminately but, but now he, he's got somebody who's got that you know who's got the Batman smarts right so right yeah that would be really interesting to see and moving forward like I don't know what kind 
of story they'll be telling that's grander than what they are. But sorry, I'm pouring my coffee. Yeah, you guys. I can. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just started here. I was like, wait, what? Oh, just pouring the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Pour myself some more. I always tend to finish my coffees very fast. <laughs> but now, does that mean that? Um, do you think that they're gonna bring back any of the other Dark Knights? I don't think so. No, right? No. Because the Batman who laughs was the one that had the most impact. Yes. Yes. Yeah, if you brought back any other, I, I don't think people would care as much. Yeah. I, Maybe with the exception for, of, of The Flash. The Red Death. I Red was Death. just, just going to say that. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Because yeah. I think The Red Death, I mean, not only it being the first one they introduced in those tie-ins, yeah. but I think The Red Death's significance is, is quite a bit because Bruce does have that sort of relationship with Flash. Right. Where it's like they both sort of understand the smarts of it, right? Yeah. So and he's also not a character that's completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's still a character that But he he died though, didn't he? Red Death died though. Because he did somewhat kind of betray them. Yeah. Because he, he wasn't completely off the rails. So mm-hmm. he kind of betrayed them. I'm sure they'll find a way to bring him back if they really wanted to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like a, a lot of... Like the way that uh, Snyder writes, everything, there's still a lot of stuff that he leaves open-ended mm-hmm. for for future writing. Yeah. Right? Um, which is obviously always, always a good cause of discussion. Yeah, Which is sure. what we're doing now. So, <laughs> so yeah, like I said, if they want to find a way to bring him back, I'm sure they'll find a way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, with with Justice League number seven, lots of I mean lots of answers were given, obviously, yeah. but just lots more questions. A lot more questions, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be really exciting to, to see sort of what happens yeah. after that. Again, a lot of things left open ended. Yeah, exactly. Um you know a little bit of a final thought on it. I do wish they spent some more time with White Lantern Earth. Yeah, I feel like that was but maybe he's saving that opportunity for another time. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because, like it being a possibility now. Yeah, because now we know that it's a thing. Yeah. And because it's a thing, you can always keep that in your back pocket mm-hmm. and use it at a more appropriate time. Right. Because this particular arc, there, I mean, there was already a, a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. right? So to throw another thing within the mix, I felt like would have maybe been too much yeah so this is something that he can definitely keep within his back pocket and and explore further or use more of uh as as obviously as he keeps writing the the issues right right yeah not a wasted opportunity but uh but definitely uh something that um i mean yeah i mean sure i would have liked a better explanation too but if you want, if he wants to write write it more in the future, I don't mind that yeah. either. Yeah, and after all, it is a Justice League book, not a Green not Lantern a, book, so. not a White Lantern Earth book. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if they write an issue on White Lantern Earth? The cover is just a picture of Earth, <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole time it's just his adventures, yeah, floating, floating through, through the solar system, just floating through space, <laughs> just every rotation. <laughs> just the model the monologue oh, that'd the monologue be so, so funny of it of the earth going through the seasons yeah it'd be so funny 
They yeah. Now they now they gotta write it. Now they gotta write it. Well, we we should write it. We should <laughs> just write it. There, there wouldn't it's be much issue. dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? It'd be a simple issue to draw because I, yeah. I just draw circles. Yeah. With the White Lantern logo on it. Yeah. And I put some like seasonal backgrounds on it. Yeah. And then when they want, we do, just need good dialogue. We and they want, to, and then when they want to do more deeper inner dialogue, they just zoom into the Earth and then zoom back out. <laughs> oh, there's so much potential. <laughs> Literal inner dialogue. Yeah. We go right into the earth. Yeah, exactly. But I digress. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that concludes our discussion on Justice League number seven. Um, let us know what you think of it. Write us at contact at com. Let us know if you really enjoyed the end of that arc. Uh, I know we, had, we definitely enjoy the end of that arc and we can't wait to see what comes next. So our next book to discuss today is Captain America number three. Whoa. Such a good book. Great uh, book. It's written by Tanahasi Coates, art by Lionel Francis Yu on pencil, Jerry Allen Grillen on ink. Oh, Jerry Colored, e. huh? Jerry E. Sorry, is that what you said? I wish. I wish, <laughs> I, I, I wish I had the talents like these guys. It's, I mean, it, you know, talent, but it's also hard work. Right? Right. I, just, I don't think I can put in the work that these guys are doing. They're, they're fantastic stuff. Yeah. But. Colors by Sonny Go and letters by Joe Caramagna. What did you think of Captain America? I thought it was a really good issue. Uh, I and I know we 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 briefly discussed about it earlier. Uh, yeah. I really do enjoy that the the dynamic that Captain America has with America itself, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, we're he's still going through a period where he just doesn't know what to think or what to do mm-hmm. right uh coming off of the um the hydra event yeah right so um it's it's always fascinating to see a hero struggle with the reality of society right yeah because uh, he's when you really think about it he, he's very much like um, a prisoner that just got out of jail Mm-hmm. Like they just don't know what to do within this, or how to belong within this new world. Yeah, right. Um, because it's it's still it's still Earth, right? It's still it's still America, but the the culture behind it now is very different. Yeah, right. Um, but before I continue, uh, did, is there anything you wanted to? Yeah, I just think like you know to sort of bounce off that idea, like. Yeah. He's very much he's very much lost in that the reality in front of him yeah isn't what he expected to come back to yeah right because he he's always he he comes back and he thinks that because Hydra took over and now they took down Hydra like life is should be better yeah right and but it's the complete opposite for a lot of parts of America yeah right because I don't think he really I don't think he really saw that side of things. And yeah. that's why like in some of these issues like there there's sort of having him discover those parts of America right. and having him visit those parts of America and be like this is kind of what it's like out there, yeah. right? And life isn't all that bad. Yeah. Right? Especially after Hydra took over, life wasn't all that bad. Um, and in in most places life is a lot better. So we get to see a very different side of Captain America. Yeah. And I think that's the most fascinating part about this book yeah because he because he's struggling with the fact that hydra itself as an or i mean he was he's been fighting hydra his whole life yeah. right 
And he always saw Hydra as this evil organization. Mm-hmm. But then you you see that Hydra actually gave America the American dream on a silver platter, right? They they he, the Hydra gave them job security. They gave them better schools. Uh, they gave them lower crime rates, right? So that's the that's the sort of utopia that that they were hoping for as Americans, exactly. Right? And, yeah. And I think that there's a there's a disconnect that uh, that Cap can't quite uh, amalgamate within his head, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I I think for me the more fascinating parts about sort of this title with mm-hmm. Captain America mm-hmm. is the political side of things, right? Because I think sort of for them to explore this fallout that he has with America. Mm-hmm. To me, is more fascinating than like the fisticuff stuff with right. him fighting Nuke and stuff like that. Right. That part's also interesting, but mm-hmm. I think the politics behind of why he's fighting Nuke is is more interesting than the actual fighting Nuke. Right. Right. So, for me, this issue, especially that early parts of this issue, really encapsulates what I want to get out of this book. Mm-hmm. And Tanahasi Coates does a really good job connecting the moments in this book into what's happening in real life as right. well. So there was one specific panel, and I want to talk about this panel a little bit and sure. sort of what it means to this issue and what it means to what we're actually experiencing in real life as well. Right. Um, and because I'm not, because we're, you know, we're a bunch of Canadians and we're not <laughs> very well, we're not very well versed in American politics. Just a whole just, bunch just, of Northerners talking about Just some Northerners America. talking about the Americas. What, what do these Northerners know about America? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it, it's really it's a really interesting time right now, and he he does some sort of he does give some commentary on the things that are happening in some of the smaller towns in America, right. especially this one panel where he where he basically says this you know it's morning in America, but mm-hmm. it's morning in America in real America. Yeah, right. And I did some research on morning in America because. There was some really interesting stuff. I was reading some, you know, some people's views on on this book in general. I wanted to get sort of how people were reacting to this book or to this title in general because I know that this ti- this title is going to stir up some conversations yeah. about what's happening, right? Yeah. And there was there was one reviewer online in um in a blog uh, or like on a website basically, yeah. and he was talking about the idea for Morning in America, mm-hmm. and it's uh it's one little panel while he was in that little small town and it was the idea that the town that they were in were left behind during the uh, individualism era right um, so it refers to uh, the, the phrase morning in America refers to an award-winning ad campaign uh, ran by Ronald Reagan in 1984 and it featured Americans going to work um, and it has like in the background sort of optimistic uh, narration and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. you know sending them you know, just like sending them hopes and stuff like that. Yeah. It was like a really Live, clever, living the American dream. Exactly. Yeah. It was like a really clever ad campaign. Mm-hmm. And this information, um, which is something that I learned, something I did some more digging on, uh, you know, credit to the website, graphicpolicy.com. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure to give credit where it's due. Sure. Because obviously I don't know everything about American politics. So it's always so. good to, <laughs> to learn about. Them. Clearly as Northerners, we don't. So <laughs> <laughs> As the Northerners beyond... 
<laughs> so beyond the Great Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which wall? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like now we're uh, in Ireland. The border, so, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so, yeah, the border, beyond the Great Border. Uh, <laughs> so that refers to that ad campaign that that ran in in eighty four. Yeah. And uh, however. A lot of the ideals that were happening at the time, a lot of the ideals that were promised at the time, they were abandoned when the economy left a lot of the average Americans behind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the promise of individualism by Reagan and the Republicans at the time, but it wasn't it wasn't fully realized, right? So Cap, when he was visiting the town, he understood that when Hydra took over, they brought a certain regime with them, right, right into America. But at the same time, they allowed a lot of things to prosper during their time. They mm-hmm. fixed the school systems, like you said. Uh, they gave them jobs. They gave everybody a job. They provided universal health care for everybody in America. Yeah. And that was something that a lot of Americans want. Yeah. Right? And I think in America, the, the good thing with what they're trying to push is, you know, the, the idea of individualism. Anybody can make anything happen, you know, living yeah. the American dream. Yeah. But at the same time, Hydra came in and just gave it to everyone. Yeah. Right? And especially after Hydra went down, the small towns, they, you know, especially Joe, the character that was in that small town, yeah. right, that was talking to Captain America. Yeah. He was basically saying, like, we thought we were done for when Hydra when Hydra left. Yeah. But then the power elite, the power enterprise came in and just sort of took over and just said, you know what, we'll <laughs> keep giving it to you. Yeah. And it's sort of providing that to the people now. And it's kind of interesting to see that because it's a bit reflective of what is happening in America now. Right. Because Trump is the president because there's many voices in America that you oftentimes don't hear about, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of opinions that you don't hear about. Mm-hmm. And it resides in those small towns, right? And now they feel represented. So they're out there making their voices heard, <clears throat> trying to put forth somebody who they think has their best interests. Right. Right. Here, here's my thing about that. This and and I'm glad that uh, that Tanahasi like really wrote the story the way that he did because there's obviously a lot to discuss in this case. But um, my thing with that is, and this may be a sort of unfavorable opinion, uh, but people just aren't willing to save themselves, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and this is sort of a, a, a multi-level statement, and I'll, I'll try my best to explain myself. Um, but here's the thing. When Hydra came into power, they gave them the, the more jobs. They gave them the healthcare, uh, the healthcare better schooling. Yeah. Uh, and then when Hydra left and they thought they were done for, if you can't uphold those things... After whatever, they've given after, to you. after they've been given to you, it was never meant to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and that's just the fact of life is that most people, and I hate to say it, most people are just sitting around waiting for somebody to save them. Yeah, right. Um, and that's and aside from comics, that's just the reality of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, is that most people are just sitting around waiting for somebody to save them. Uh, and it's and it's such an unfortunate statement, but that's how it how it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, if if you did you, if you did the same thing with any city in the world, like you just gave them the the perfect the perfect environment, and then you just walk away, it's gonna fall apart. Mm-hmm. 
and as hard as Cap is on himself about these things, I feel like if Cap made that realization, I think mentally he'd be in a much better place. Yes. Right? Because, yeah, sure. They, with Hydra coming into power, they knew they were going to get some resistance from the public because Hydra initially was seen as a very evil organization. But then all they did was they just band-aided everything, mm-hmm. right? By giving the but the public what they wanted. Um, but it was just never meant to be. If you can't uphold something after the initial implementation, it just was not meant to be. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, for Cap personally, he needs to make that realization about about America itself. He needs right? to make that connection. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's. This is just, it's just been such an interesting arc for yeah. him to slowly come to certain realizations about what is happening in America. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because it's not it's not all roses and butterfly when he comes back yeah. from defeating Hydra. Yeah. Like there were a lot of ramifications that he probably did not anticipate. Yeah. You know? So not only is Cap battling the image that you know, in certain parts of town, not only is he battling the image of him being the just sort of like this lead, supreme leader type thing and just sort of being a bad like a a villain yeah for for the most parts of America right he's now battling the image that that guy was actually a savior to a lot of people yeah, too like he can't be that guy for them now yeah and it's it's a tough pill to swallow right because captain america always saw himself as a man for the people mm-hmm. right which is why which is why he f- you know, fought the way he fought in Civil War, right? And, and he was always a, a man of the people. Now he can't provide the stuff that people people want. He yeah. realizes that now, yeah. right? But that's just that's the world, yeah. right? That's just the way things are, right? And and again, it just circles back to my point. Sure, I think people are just more upset at the fact that Cap can't continue the life that that Hydra gave them mm-hmm. I think people are just more upset at him for that um, but you know you can't you can't just <laughs> sit around and be saved you you can't do that exactly right? yeah so again as, as long as Cap makes that connection I think he'll be fine yeah right? for sure so it's it's just such an interesting look because we haven't gotten that much of a look into the power elite mm-hmm. and we haven't really seen them past yeah. that initial first issue right? yeah yeah but it's interesting to see that they, they're having such profound impact on parts of america because they're coming and trying to uphold something that hydra used to put up right right so in the background there's a lot of things that work in this in you know in this story arc that you don't need to see in the forefront and you already feel the impact of them. Yeah. Right? So, and especially that last part, that little reveal at the end where you see who Sharon Carter is, you know, coming face to face with, like, now, like, they're coming right back into the story, right? Yeah. So, that part's really, I want to see where that part leads to as well. I fear for her life. <laughs> yeah, but the, she did say she wasn't going to kill her right away. So, well, well right away. Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's implied that she's probably going to die. But 
Eh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they did find out that she's in trouble, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that Black Panther and Captain America are not far behind at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much covers the issue. Yeah. Very good issue. Yeah. Really excited to see where this goes next because yeah. I think this is one of my one of the titles I'm looking forward to the most right now. Right. In a sense that Captain America is sort of back into that heavy political yeah. agenda thing. And right. It's really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, on I do apologize to our listeners for because I know I'm maybe coughing a little too much right now. I've got an itch in the back of my throat, so just want to. I mean, if <laughs> if our listeners <laughs> got that sense that maybe I'm just a little <laughs> annoying with the coughs, I do apologize. <laughs> Uh, but that's my closing remark on this issue. Our, list, our <laughs> listeners are out there. Our listeners are listening to the podcast. Is like, man, what is up with Victor today? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, good closing thought. Yeah. What about you? Do you have anything? Um, uh... Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a really good look at what is currently happening in America and sort of making that connection to this book. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting to see that you know Tanahasi's not he's he's not afraid. To, to put that on display put that on blast right because mm-hmm. those are not things that I think a lot of people will be willing to tackle so it's good to see that happen now yeah. in this book mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that pretty much concludes our discussion on Captain America number three so we're going to go into book number four our final book book number four which is <laughs> the Fantastic Four <laughs> issue number two it's written by Dan Slott with art by Sarah Pacelli on pencil and Elisabetta D'Amico for the inks colors by Marty Gracia and letters by Joe Carabena so second issue of Fantastic Four I mean they're technically united now at the yeah, end but the end, yeah. we, there's a lot of other things that happen I mean they they they're reunited in like second last panel so yeah for the most part this is an adventure for you know, Sue and Reed's family mm-hmm. right so what, what did you think about this book a, lo- a lot of things happened mm-hmm. uh, it, it certainly explains um, explains their initial disappearance mm-hmm. uh, but uh, man they're really taking this uh, they're really taking this Omega Omega level mutant thing to like the next level <laughs> Because it's, because Franklin's just straight up creating uni- creating worlds and universes just out of thin air. Just you know, let's just let's just make this one today and explore this one. Uh, but I think, uh, uh, and we again we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, it's good that they explored the the ramifications of doing that. Yes, right. Because you you had mentioned balance, and uh, the the ultimate balance. <laughs> happened in this issue so uh I, i'm glad that uh that they took that direction because now it creates a conflict in which the fantastic four can now reunite under right yeah and yeah from the from the from the start of this issue you're you're looking at franklin creating universes because they want to they're out there rebalancing well, what, at least they think rebalancing yeah. the multiverse. They're repopulating the multiverse, right? Yeah. So they're creating all these universes, and they're traversing to them, and then they're you know helping them 
sort of build themselves and get into a certain point and then they go off and chart more courses right mm-hmm. um, they talk about themselves becoming sort of map makers and going out to charter these universes yeah. and creating worlds um, because you know we, we see that the multiverse sort of fell apart yeah. and everything went back to one mm-hmm. right during the secret wars secret so wars, now yeah. they're not, that's sort of what they've been up to since then and creating all these things so it's cool to see that there's the idea of characters playing God. Yeah. Right? Most of the time that comes from villains. Mm-hmm. That comes from villains wanting to have total control. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're out there, you know, playing at being God. Right. We have here Franklin and basically the, the you know, the Richards family mm-hmm. playing at being God. Yeah. And it's like an innocent little thing for, for them to do. And for them to just repopulate the multiverse. But what they're really doing is they're creating an imbalance in what is supposed to be the real nature of what is happening to the multiverse. Yeah. Right? So at a certain point here, we see that Franklin's power sort of just got shut down. Because the way they explain it is that, you know, his time has his time to create universes have come to an end mm-hmm. because he's sort of reached the goal. Mm-hmm. And now this new character comes up, the Griever basically comes in and the Griever started just ending just all the universes. Demolishing the universes he created. Yeah. Because that's the ramification because where because where there's life, there's also death. Right. Right? And where there's a new beginning, there's always an end. Right. So you can't just be creating all of these things without understanding that certain things must end in order for there to be balance. Yeah. Right? So we just see her wipe universe after universe and yeah. all of these populations and and all of these different species that came to yeah. be just erased. And as crazy as, as this may sound, I think the griever doing what she does or what she did was the right thing to do though yes right because now like you want to see universes created in a more natural way Mm -hmm. right uh and i mean that's the whole reason why the secret war happened in the first place right which is because there was too much going on in the marvel universe yeah uh you know especially within within the ultimate universe and then you had earth 616 and now just like there's just there was too much right and for for franklin to just go and create a whole bunch of universes again like it goes against why the secret war happened yeah so the i think the griever doing what she did was the right thing to do because now we're just bringing it back to 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 earth prime Mm -hmm. right um and then bringing it back to things unfolding in a more natural way mm-hmm. and basically her saying like this is just a weird thing to do <laughs> just you can't just go and create a universe <laughs> exactly yeah right? so it's it's so it was so crazy to see because the tone from the first part of the book compared to the second like the first half and the second half of the book is so drastically different yeah. and that in itself in this issue is a balance yeah right where there's life in the beginning and then there's death at the end yeah and i think it's just it's interesting the way that dan slot had had pasted this out yeah you know it's it's really cool it's really cool i think um the one thing that i i I think was a bit of a downer for me uh, nothing to do with the the issue itself uh but 
Reed and Sue were actually happy to never go back to Earth. Yes. They were they were okay with leaving Ben and Johnny behind. And I wasn't personally okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, really, like, this is your happily ever after, like, without the other half of your team that's been with you this whole time. And and then, and of course, now there's, there's them two back on Earth, and they're just hurting because they're gone. And then here's uh, Sue and Reed, who are just, I wouldn't say unaffected, but they were happy without them. And I'm just like, hmm. If if Ben and Johnny had realized that, I think that would be some sad times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just didn't like that particular development. Yeah, because they didn't mention anything about wanting to go back, right? Yeah. I know the kids did. Yeah, you know the kids were talking in the tent and being yeah. like, you know, sometimes I like to, especially with um, uh, with Franklin, who was saying yeah. how I like to pretend that they're here. Yeah, and just mom made them invisible. Yeah, like they're clearly hurting from it too, right? But yeah. it's you're right. Like it's really weird that Reed and Sue just they were just fine with it. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's just like they, it's like the, the, they were on an opposite spectrum mm-hmm. uh, from from Ben and Johnny. And um, again, I just I just it just didn't sit right with me that they were just okay with hopping from universe to universe that they created without without Ben and Johnny. Yes. Right. Now I'm sure that there will come an explanation as to why they were okay with it. Uh, but as of now, I just, it's yeah, it's, it's just a little weird. To it's me. a little off-putting. Yeah. 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 So I'm sure that will get explained at some point later on as well, right? Yeah. Because at the same time, Sue and Reed they have their own family now, and yeah. they. You know the kids are growing up, and you know maybe they just got more things on their mind. Yeah, but, you know it's always good to see the Fantastic Four back together. Yeah, right? the original team. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so in this issue, at the end, they basically it was a for me it was a weird turning point. Like the Griever has been just hunting <laughs> them down, and then Reed said something that was a little bit, I felt a little bit out of character. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't imagine Reed saying it in that particular way. So right. Reed says, like, oh, if the whole team was here, we'd definitely defeat you. You would stand no chance. I'm yeah. like, the Fantastic Four has never been, to me anyways, has never been about a fighting team. Yeah, right? but I think he did that to bait her, though. Yeah, and I think that, that gets kind of gets explained a little after as well, but yeah. it just felt off. Yeah. And then she just completely took the bait. She's just like, "All right, cool, go ahead. Here's my machine. Yeah, uh, you know, just click here, click here, and uh, summon them." Yeah, and, let's, she, uh, let's and she just she just dropped the machine down. Like, okay, well, here you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't need an instruction manual. I'll explain it myself. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, that was a little, that was a little odd that the, she just took the bait so easily. Yeah, but that may also just be uh, a, the a consequence of of. Her her character mm-hmm. because as the griever she does seem very into herself and very egotistical right like you can't beat me sort of thing uh um, because because she's a natural occurrence right yeah she feels herself as a force of nature she feels yeah she exactly she feels herself to be uh, the ultimate balancer of life mm-hmm. right so um i'm kind of glad that she took the bait though 
Because imagine if she didn't take the bait. Like, where? How else is this story gonna go? Oh, they like, just all die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just all be dead. Yeah, I just didn't imagine from from what we saw at the end of the first issue. Yeah, I didn't imagine that was the situation they were in when they had the machine to to make the call. Right. 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 I thought to me, see, like it changes things in this issue because I had thought at the end of issue one, it's them spending a lot of time trying to create this communication device. And that they were stuck in space. That's what it seemed like. That they were, yeah, they were stuck in space, but they want to reach out, saying we're still here. And see, that's the whole thing. It, it didn't seem like they even tried. Yeah, they didn't seem like they tried. And I'm just like, mm, that hurts. Yeah, <laughs> that that threw me off because that, the first issue seemed like they tried their best. Yeah. to make this happen. Yeah. Second issue is like, okay, someone gave this to them. Yeah, and they're just like, okay, yeah, let's make the call. Yeah. Yeah. It was a completely different change of tone. And it's good in a sense that it happened in the the focus of the two books were very different. The first one was very primarily Ben and Johnny. Yeah. So a lot all the things that were happening unfolding in that book happened from their perspective. Right. Right? So obviously from their perspective they would also imagine that Reed and Sue were trying their best to reach back, mm-hmm. right? Which we see at the end with the machine. Yeah. But in this issue, we see that we see it from Reed and Sue's perspective, and they were very much happy to be with just their own family. Yeah. And just putting all that stuff behind. Yeah. Because they're now onto bigger things, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, you see with the machine, it's not what it was made out to be. Yeah. It was basically they were baited into a corner. Yeah. And they were just saying, it's like, okay, cool. Let's, let's try to reach out. Yeah. Right. So it does hurt, but I think it, I also think it's kind of intended to be that way. Yeah, like I've said, I'm sure there will be an explanation. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely wasn't expecting them to bring the <laughs> to teleport the whole Marvel universe <laughs> <laughs> right on the spot. She's she's just like, whoa, what's this? Like, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> there were a bunch of characters that ended up in that scene, and I was like, how are you alive right now in space without any sort of mask or nothing? Yeah, just, well, they were on a planet, right? So, yeah, but like, they they did no adjustment. Like Luke Cage, yeah, regular human, yeah, regular Luke Cage, human Luke Cage, just standing there, be like, this air is fine. Yeah, and <laughs> and good old Spider Man. I'm just like, what's Spider Man doing? Like, like Spider Man uh, is like the most human of all humans. Yeah, you know, he's literally just he's a guy with the web shooter. Yeah, well, I I know they said the extended family, and then I remembered that yeah, he actually was part was. of the Fantastic Four at some point. Yeah. Like a long time ago. Yeah. No, he would. He was part of the Fantastic Four during Hickman's run. Yeah. When Johnny Storm died. Yeah. Right. So, and the Medusa was part of the uh, the FF, the yeah. Future Foundation. Right. So they were all they all had a role in it. So yeah. that's why this extended family makes yeah. sense. But it was just it was a I was like, well, all these guys just showed up on a on a weird like, foreign and planet, and just completely. Black Panther. I was like, Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, it's like Black Panther. <laughs> Just everybody, everybody, everybody was up. there. Yeah, but Ghost. Uh, I just realized Ghost Rider's there too. Yeah, Ghost Rider's there. Why is and, Ghost he, and he has his hands in his pocket, like he's just like, "Hey, what's up, guys? So, how's it going? <laughs> uh, you need me to fight this guy or what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's but it's cool that like now it's just going to be this big thing that happens, right? But yeah, it, it's it's slated to be a going to be a pretty big fight. Yeah, they're going to resolve the whole thing by next issue, but uh, <laughs> because this is just gonna be it's just one of those stepping stone fights right exactly so. yeah um and one funny thing i just <laughs> i realized too earlier um so 
she tells Reed to be like, okay, cool. Go ahead, summon them. Yeah. And then the next page, he summons Ben and Johnny. Yeah. And then they show up and they're like, oh, they're here. And Sue's like, oh, they're here. You did it. And then Ben's like, oh, it's, you know, it's been good to see, you know, old friends, it's good to, to see you. It's been too long. Mm-hmm. And then she yells, um, the griever, she yells, what is this? Deception. And I'm like, you asked for this. You asked for this, yeah. You, and then I looked at, because that was before I turned the page, right? But that threw me off with just a quick second because like, you you asked for this. Yeah. You you said the machine can do this. Yeah. And then I looked at it and it was just like, it's just, oh. It's like, oh, okay, this is what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, all of all of Marvel is here. <laughs> like, well, you said Fantastic Four, you didn't really meant the number four. Yeah. It was... <laughs> I said, you said Fantastic Four. I was only expecting two more people to show up. <laughs> Not two more boatloads of people yeah. to show up. <laughs> so, but overall, I think this this book was, it was really fun. Uh, because we got to see, we got to see the family enjoy their time together. We get yeah. to see the family out there doing sort of something that they were meant to do because it was a power that... That Frank that Franklin developed, and it was something that was beneficial to the multiverse, right? Yeah. Um, we also got to see uh, Owen Reese out there supporting him mm-hmm. and providing him with the tools to actually make these things happen, right? Yeah. To materialize these universes, right? Mm-hmm. So it was fun to see all of that interactions going, and mm-hmm. then everything just took a just a steep drop, real big nosedive. Yeah. So it was a it's a fun issue. Yeah. I think so. Now things are starting to really pick up for the Fantastic Four, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, Victor, do you have any closing thoughts? I just need an explanation as Fantastic to why they were okay. Four. Yeah. I just need an explanation yeah. for that because there's no it to me like there's no way, right? Like there's no way like you as the Fantastic Four as a team they've been together forever. Mm-hmm. You just they they're gone and you're just okay with it, like. I just want an explanation for that and then I would be happy. Yeah. That's it. That's it I just, for me. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't get overlooked. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I mean, I feel the same thing. I actually didn't feel as... Because I don't think I noticed it as much yeah. when I was reading it Yeah, until you said it just now. And, yeah. then, and I was just like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And yeah. then that's when I thought about it too from the first issue and the way we saw the machine. Yeah. And then from now to the second issue, it's like, this is... The tone is very different. Yeah. Right? So... It would it be it'd be nice to get an explanation. Hopefully, sometime soon. Yeah. Maybe after the fight. Maybe. Yeah. After maybe the after the fight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that pretty much concludes our comic segment. Yeah. Now, at the end of the comic segment, what we want to do is we want to sort of you know give a reintroduction back to our coffee, and uh, we want to give it a little bit of a taste test. Well, we've been taste testing it this whole hour, so... <laughs> well, okay, we want to give it a little guess <laughs> as to what we think the flavor notes are. All right. Do, do you have an idea of what you got? Kind of. Kind of. Uh, now that it's... Now that obviously the coffee's yeah. cold, it's hard to, to make yeah. the assumption now, but I think initially... I tasted a little bit of honey. There was that certain sweetness. Yeah. With a little bit of that bitter kick that I yeah. thought it was like, okay, there's there's maybe some honey involved. Yeah. Um, I'm getting I'm getting walnut. Walnut. Yeah. I'm not getting any walnut. I'm getting there. walnut from that. Really? Yeah. I'm getting some fruits. I'm getting a little bit of yeah. fruits. I get your there. honey though. Yeah. Like that that I understand. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm getting like honey, walnuts, and and some sort of like like herbal leaf. Okay. Like a. Like a like a like a, just like a tea 
T property to it. Okay. Yeah. All right. But that's what I'm getting. Okay. I'm. I don't know if I really taste the nuts in this one. Yeah. For me, I get a little bit of a fruit. Yeah. In there, something a little sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be just the honey throwing me off. Yeah. But I'm thinking something like apricots, apricots. Okay. Yeah. I always get it wrong. Apricots. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's tomato, tomato. <laughs> it's tomato. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. apricots. Um. Yeah, I would say apricots, honey, and something leafy. If you were to have something leafy, yeah, I, I don't know because I didn't really taste it, so I I, I couldn't really make yeah. an assumption that way. Okay, so you're gonna go with honey, apricot, and something leafy. Yeah, okay. but that's something leafy is yeah. only because we're combining what yeah. what you're saying. And then I'm gonna go honey, walnut, and and tea, some sort of tea. Okay. All right. Want to do the All reveal? Right. Let's do it. Okay. Drum roll. Okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> so the reveal shows. This is lot seven, right? Lot seven. Honey. Hey. Fresh fruit. Okay. And peach. Peach. Okay. So hey, you, we're close. you you were on the ball a bit more than I was, aka a lot more than I was. So <laughs> uh so I think you you win on this one. Honey. Fresh fruit and peach. Okay. I'm going to put the apricot in the fresh fruit category. Yeah. And that's two out of three. I'm good with that. That's not bad. I'm happy with that. Hey, good job, buddy. Yeah, I passed. (laughs) All right. Oh, uh, barely, but yeah. (laughs) Don't say you passed, but... Listen. Yeah, say you got better. One thing, one extra thing you get is a difference between pass and a fail in this test. Sure, yeah, because it's three answers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if you miss the second one, you know, that's a fail. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What about the other lots? I wonder uh, what was in the other lots. There's there's flavored notes for the other lots, but just in case we get to them, like I don't don't want to look at them. Oh, you mean like if they if they come decide back, to yeah exactly to send it back yeah exactly okay yeah you're right you're right yeah thinking thinking ahead think about the future exactly okay. but uh, but good like job the way you think Victor good job buddy thanks man <laughs> thanks it's the proudest moment yet <laughs> wow <laughs> okay so we're going to conclude the. Uh, the comics and the coffee segment pretty much and we're gonna go right ahead to our offerings to dark side segment it's been a couple weeks so maybe we'll have something interesting to offer up this time offerings to dark side and we're at the offerings to dark side segment and in this segment what we like to do is we take something outside of the world of comics something outside of the world of coffee and it is something that we enjoy and we want to offer it to you our listeners our fellow dark roast citizens if you will i'm just going to start coining that term sure and (laughs) and we hope it's something that you enjoy as well so victor yes what do you got for us this week this week i've got a band named fame on fire okay uh now their most popular for their cover songs okay uh very similar to uh, a previous uh, offering that i had uh, our last night but i think that sort of where the similarities end uh i enjoy bands that can do really good covers of hip-hop songs okay hip-hop rap r&b uh really big fan of uh, bands like that uh, some of their more popular covers uh, are EXO Tour Life, which was originally by Lil Uzi. Okay. Uh, and then... Uh, Lil Uzi Vert? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Juice World. Okay. Right? 
Um, but of course, they they have their own set of uh, original music as well, which is really good. Um, but I, I do prefer actually. Don't don't kill me anybody for this, but I actually do prefer them over our last night. Oh, really? uh, I actually like their style of rock more. Uh, it's it's similar, but uh, Fame on Fire has a more larger than life style of rock that okay. uh, that I enjoy listening to. Uh, and of course, uh, they're at uh, three hundred thirty two thousand subscribers on YouTube, so uh, they're they're doing something right. And <laughs> there's other people that agree with me. So um, all three hundred thousand of them. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so again, uh, name of the band is Fame on Fire. Check them out on YouTube. Check them out on their website. Uh, you you won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. Nice, nice. Actually, I'll probably end up checking them out as well. I remember hearing that cover. Yeah. Um, for um, when they covered was it Panic at the Disco? Yeah, I write so, sins uh, not yeah, tragedy. Yeah, so, I really enjoy that cover too. Yeah. So I'll probably end up giving the the band a shot. For sure. Because uh, before I just didn't even know about the name, and now now I know. Now you have a, no, a name to the song. Exactly. Well, <laughs> a name to the band. To the band, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, what about you, Jerry? What you got for us this week? So this week is also music week for me, I guess. And this week is an album by Black. A.K.A. Six Lack? Six Lack. <laughs> A.K.A. Six Lack. Uh, that's the way it's spelled. Six Lack. So, you know. <laughs> six lack is pronounced black six lack is pronounced black <laughs> when I saw that it was hilarious um, so this is his second album uh, it's called East Atlanta Love Letter okay it's a really good album I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it it's a little bit it's a little bit slower so he's a R&B yeah. uh, artist and it's a little bit slower a little bit more R&B in this time around and and it features actually some some great hip hop artists and other artists as well. Like it features Future on it on one of the tracks. It features J Cole in another track. Nice. Uh, so it's it's a really good mix, but I feel like it's a little bit slower this time around, and it's a little bit it's a bit more of a confessional. Okay. He touches on a lot of subjects. He gets a little. He gets pretty intimate with some of his with some of his songs and. It's it's really good from start to finish. I really enjoy the album thoroughly. So I mean, I really liked his first album mm-hmm. as well, but I felt like this one had more of that consistency mm-hmm. throughout all the tracks, and I, I really liked them. These are my confessions, just when I thought I could say. Li- okay, so um, <laughs> so not Usher. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed his first album too. Usher? Yeah. Oh uh, no, uh, uh, Black. Oh, Black. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed his first. I haven't had a chance to hear his second one yet because it oh, okay. just came out. Right? It just came out. Yeah. yeah not, so, not very long ago. Uh, so I'm gonna have to check that out myself as well. Yeah, definitely, because it's you'll you'll like it. I think if you like the first one, you're gonna like this one. For Perfect. Sure. Yeah, this one's really Perfect. awesome. So yeah, that's Black, and the album is East Atlanta Love Letter. Okay. All right. All right. I so, hope yeah. Darkside is pleased. I, I say I, we say that every week. Yeah, we, we just I, don't you know, know. So <laughs> we just never get feedback from Dark Side. It's yeah. just every once in a while we just we hope there's feedback from Dark Side. Yeah. And, uh, that, that would really, I think that would really improve the segment. Dark Side, just, DM um, us, let us know. <laughs> like, are you a music fan, Dark Side? Do you do you enjoy novels? You know, are you a movie goer? It would be nice to know. Yeah. So we, we know what to offer. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it concludes our offerings of Dark Side segment and pretty much brings us to the end of episode 27 uh thank you for tuning in we really do hope you enjoy the episode uh, if you like what we do on this podcast 
please hit the subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and pretty much all other programs out there that, you know, receives podcasts and stuff. So please also remember to rate and leave us a review if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you want us to discuss on the show, so if you have a title on your poll list that we're not currently covering, but you really want to have some discussions about it, let us know. Uh, send us an email at contact.darkrosecomics.com, and maybe we'll throw that onto our poll list as well. It becomes a, maybe it becomes a regular book that we discuss on the show. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics. Uh, for ourselves, it will be twitter.com slash utterlygeeky for me and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. We also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics, which I should actually spend some more time putting some <laughs> posts up on Facebook because I realized I just kind of put the episode stuff on there. I'm going to try to get more discussions going on on our uh, we, Facebook We just got to manage everything a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know what would be really cool yeah. is, uh, listeners, every week... It'll be really cool if you, you know, take a picture of your poll list. We want to know what everyone's reading. Oh, yeah. We're, we're cool. really interested in what everyone's yeah. reading. You know, take a picture of your poll list. Tag us on Instagram, uh, Dark Rose Comics. And uh, just, you know, let's get together. Let's let's start melding our minds, meld our poll list, and uh, let's get some discussions going. Uh, and if you want to be a part of the community, you can also join our Facebook group. And it's Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. Bye.